Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today in our studies going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and we're going to be starting verse number 13 today, which says, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now we'll be starting today, and it's going to take us... You know, a while to go through this, looking at the doctrine of the hope of the believers, what is commonly referred to as the rapture of the church. Now, when we look at this idea, we're going to be looking at this from you know, a few different aspects and seeing how there's a promise that has been made to us, the members of the body of Christ, that has nothing to do with what was promised to the nation of Israel. So that it has nothing to do with anything that was before us. We cannot find anything outside of Paul's epistles that actually make a reference to the idea of the catching out of the saints. And this is an important idea to understand because there are those today who are starting to teach the idea that there's no such thing as the catching out of the saints even at all. That all the passages that even make a reference to the event that the Apostle Paul is speaking of describe something completely different and really are tied in with the things of Israel's program. And, you know, it simply is not the case that Paul is talking about something that is uniquely different, that he describes, as he calls here in the verse that we start off with, you know, he calls it a hope, because he says about the issue of individuals souring not even as others which have no hope. So there's going to be, some issues that are going to be related to that. We're going to talk about some things about how the even the word rapture, which is what most people call this event, that that word is not found in the scriptures to describe the things of what we see. And really, when we talk about this event, we're going to be really using verses 13 through 18 of this chapter. So the whole rest of this chapter is going to be talking about the catching out of the saints. And that's a better term to actually be using to describe this. You know, we can call it the rapture because that's what individuals truly understand it as now because that word has been used to describe this thing for so long. We're going to talk about some things related to the timing of it. So looking at some of the popular viewpoints of how individuals identify where they think this event would actually be occurring. 
And we'll see how a lot of those viewpoints, there are some similarities of where they agree on certain things. They define some of the terminology differently. And because the terminology is defined differently, this is what leads to the different placement of the timing of that event. And one of the places where they do agree on is the fact that this event is going to occur before God's wrath is actually poured out. It's the timing of when that wrath is going to occur that there's truly a difference. Now we're going to start off with really looking at how the scriptures, there's two different terms that are used to describe certain things in scripture. We're going to be you know, looking at, you know, it might take us, you know, an episode or two to really get through these things, but really starting off with the idea of a comparison between the day of the Lord and the day of Christ, because there are two different days that the scripture actually makes a reference to. And when we start comparing the passages what we're going to see is that these are two different events that are actually being described. And that's why they are termed differently. You know, it's not just a way of that the scriptures are describing them differently, but talk about the same event. They are two completely different events. And when individuals, you know, try to, combine them or they confuse what is being made a reference to it has a true impact on what the word of god says especially because the fact that the term the day of christ is something that we find in paul's epistles only we see the term the day of the lord is found throughout all of the scripture. So we know that knowing the distinctiveness of the Apostle Paul and how there are things committed to him that were not given to other individuals. He's the Apostle of the Gentiles. He has a unique gospel for today. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And the simple fact that belief in that work gives individuals the gift of eternal life and they're sealed with that Holy Spirit, a promise to keep them as members of the body of Christ. So we know that there's a distinctiveness. You can compare Romans chapter 15 verse 8 and Romans chapter 15 verse 16 to show how Paul talks about that the Lord Jesus Christ had a ministry confirming the promises that had been made unto the fathers and talks about how he's preaching things related to the Lord Jesus Christ that are different, that do not line up with what had preceded things. So as we start this idea and looking at these things, we're going to start looking at some of these passages that actually describe the day of the Lord 
and what it is that the scriptures are actually saying about this. So let's turn in our Bibles here. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. And we're going to start looking at some of the prophets and see what it is that they're saying about this. So we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter number 2 to get an idea of what's being written here. We're going to, here in Isaiah chapter number 2, we're going to read verses 11 and 12. And then we'll skip down to verse number 17. And verses 11 and 12 say, The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. Skip down to verse 17. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. So here we have Isaiah describing some of the things related to the day of the Lord. And we see how Isaiah is recording the fact that the Lord only is going to be the one that's going to be exalted in that day. So that gives us an understanding of who is actually going to be lifted up, exalted, going to be focused on, is going to be the Lord. So when we see things talking about some other things in the future events that are describing under other individuals that are actually being exalted at that time, then it means that it is not describing the day of the Lord because only the Lord will be exalted. We see that, you know, again, verses 11 and verse 17 of Isaiah chapter number 2. Now let's turn, and if I say let's go to the book of Zephaniah, so we'll go to one of the minor prophets here, and you're going to see, you know, these prophets are making reference to all of these future events talking about what's going to be poured out here in Zephaniah. Let's turn to chapter number one. And we're going to start here in Zephaniah one and verse 14. And we're going to read down through the end of the chapter in verse number 18, which says the great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. And it will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. And their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. So, we have these verses describing 
the day of the Lord. You know, in verse 14, we see how Zephaniah is identifying that from his perspective as he's writing this prophecy that the great day of the Lord is near. And you see how he defines it and describes it. It's talking about being a day of wrath, a day of trouble, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick judgment. The way he describes this day of the Lord, there's no way that anybody would want to be part of the things that are being described here. Now, individuals try to think that the events and things that are going on today are part of the day of the Lord and part of God's wrath being poured out. Now, when you actually read through all of these passages that describe it, it becomes very clear that even as bad as things are right now, they are they pale in comparison to what the Bible says about the day of the Lord. We are not in that time. We are not facing the things of the wrath of God. We are nowhere near these events to where... You, know, you could be turning on the television and say, well, this happened today because this happened today. I can tie it in with this prophetic verse and show that we're in the day of the Lord. That is not true in any form or fashion. Now, we just read verses 14 through 18 of chapter number 1. I wonder... Start here in chapter number two, and we're going to read the first three verses to describe something that is a promise that's being given here. It says, Gather yourselves together, ye gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you. Before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. So, we see how in verse 1, that there's a promise that's being made, as it says here, O nation. Now, when we look at the scriptures and see how when it's talking about nation, it's talking about the nation of Israel. When you see nations, plural, that's talking about the Gentile nations. We also know when you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see how the promises are taken from the nation of Israel as a whole. And you see how the kingdom is taken from them. And it says it will be given to another nation. That's in Matthew. And then over in the Gospel of Luke, you see how the Lord Jesus Christ identifies a different nation that he calls the little flock. And 
you only see that terminology used they're describing that nation talking about the believers in the nation of Israel who are making up that group that the promise is taken from the nation as a whole given to a select part of that nation who when we read here in the book of Zephaniah we see how there's this promise that's being made of how if they're turning unto the things of the Lord and understanding you know who he is and you know trying to get right with him and be part of that program and they're seeking all of those things that there's a promise that they would be hid from the wrath of the Lord. Now, when you think about, and we're we're not going into that part of this yet, but we're already seeing some things that are defining this day that we don't always think about because they're not taught, even though the word of God is laying it out about how there's this promise of their protection. And then you can see how when you actually lay out the timeline of things that you can see the things of, you know, where it is that only God is exalted. You can see where there's a promise of individuals being brought into the protection of God and those things occurring before this day actually occurs. Now let's turn back over into the book of Isaiah. We were just there a few minutes ago, but let's now go to Isaiah chapter number 13. To, and we're going to read here a couple verses out of this chapter that are, again, going to talk about what is going to occur during this event here. And in the book of Isaiah, in chapter number 13, we'll read here from verse 6 down through verse number 9. It says, How will ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. And they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrow shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. So, We've seen, if we think about what we had just read a minute or so ago from the book of Zephaniah about how there was a promise of protection that was going to be given to that believing remnant that's trying to seek after the things of God. We see how Isaiah talking about thing and Verse 9 again gives us the thing of that this is the day of the Lord that's being described. Talking about the wrath, the anger, and how 
he's going to destroy the sinners out of the land as he's laying it desolate. So all of these things that we're looking at are describing the judgments that God is going to be pouring out. He's been holding the, his wrath back. You know, in Acts chapter number 7, when you see the Lord Jesus Christ standing, he's standing to plead and to judge. The pleading is what has gone on when it comes time for this day of the Lord to actually occur. That's where the second part of that is going to be. And that's going to be the judgment that's going to come about. Let's turn over to the book of Ezekiel. And we'll go to Ezekiel chapter number 13. And we're going to see another thing that the prophets are writing about this event here. And here in Ezekiel chapter number 13. Let me just get there. Things and we're going to read here verse number 5 out of Ezekiel chapter number 13 and it says ye have not gone up into the gaps neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord now we see how there is an issue of God's going to be protecting them but he's also going to be having them as it says here about the fact that they're you know, it's, you know, let's read that again. You have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They're being, you know, they're going to be able to stand because they have the protection of God. It's not going to be them that are going to be fighting the things. This is not Israel's wrath being poured out. It is the wrath of God that is being poured out. That's why it's called the day of the Lord and how he's going to be the only one that's going to be exalted at that time. And how there be, will be protected. They will be put into this place to where they will be prepared to be able to go, go through these things and by the fact that they're being protected. And when you really think about what protection actually means. Is when God is protecting something. He's not only causing it to not come to any sort of harm. It means that they're not even going to feel any of the effects. Of what's going you know, on. So it's not a thing of well. You know, they're, they'll feel some of the things. But he'll protect them from just the the major bad things, he's going to protect them from all aspects of his wrath being poured out because they are in a good standing with him. That's why they're being put in his protection. That's why they need to be, we read those passages looking about them having to seek him and you know, wanting to be right. You see how the scriptures will identify the aspect of how the nation's going to need to endure to the end. That they're going to need to be 
prepared, doing those right things. You see how it's going to be describing that they're going to need to keep following all of those things of the law being pleasing unto God to make sure that they're going to be able to be there in that time and not face the things that are being poured out upon everyone else. Now, we have a few more verses that really kind of describe some of those things related to the day of the Lord. We'll finish that piece up next week and hopefully we'll be able to start getting into some of the aspect of the comparison between the description of the day of the Lord and what the Bible defines the day of Christ to actually be. Now, as we close here, you know, one of the things I do want to say before kind of doing the usual announcements that, you know, the things that we're going to be talking about with this, you know, might seem to be, you know, a little different than what you're normally used to hearing about these events. And what I'm really going to ask individuals to do is to really study these things out as we're discussing them on a week-to-week basis. So that way you can come to an understanding of what it is that the Bible really says about these things. Now, as we close, I always like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We also have information on how to join our Sunday and Wednesday services live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. We have information on how to you know join us. Hopefully, if you ever happen to be in the Buffalo area on a Sunday morning, we would love to have you join us at 9 a.m. at you know the Holiday Inn at 83 Anderson Road in Chictawaga. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything on our website, anything in our broadcast, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.